With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Welcome, everyone. Today on Housing Wire Daily, we're going to talk about how real estate companies are expanding into all parts of the home buying transaction, including mortgage, title, and other core services. I'm Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HW Media, and my guest today is Editorial Director Tracy Velt. We've got a lot to talk about, but first, here's a word from our sponsor. From first-time and non-traditional home buyers to those needing a jumbo loan for a second home, Finance of America Mortgage and their skilled, award-winning mortgage advisors have helped over 450,000 customers since 2015. Finance of America Mortgage is licensed to lend in all 50 states, plus Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. And backed by best-in-class lending technology with a wide range of innovative and proprietary mortgage products, they're prepared to help borrowers find loans that meet their needs. Want to join an award-winning team and evaluate your business? Visit www.joinfamtoday.com forward slash housing wire to learn more. Finance of America Mortgage LLC is licensed nationwide. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS ID number 1771. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Equal opportunity employer. Tracy, welcome back to the podcast. Happy to be here. We love having you on. You, of course, have your own podcast, Real Trending. And uh, our listeners can find that at realtrends.com. And your most recent guest was Rick Davidson, the CEO of Karen Real Estate Holdings, who really embodies a larger trend we're seeing as all sectors of housing seek to expand the reach into all the other sectors, right? So in this case, it's a real estate company expanding into mortgage and title. And of course, we've seen the opposite as well. But tell us a little bit about his strategy. Sure. So he actually has a different, um, it's, it's not necessarily, it's not a brokerage. So Rick Karen, um, a lot of people might know him as the past CEO or former CEO of Century 21. He was also the COO of Coldwell Banker. And now he partnered with a private equity company, Aparian, to form a real estate network of companies. So they are acquiring different brokerages. Um, JPAR in Texas is one of them, and Shore West Realtors is another. Um, they're brand and model agnostic, but their goal is to build a network of brokerages and um, include oh, really brokerages and services. So title, mortgage, um, in, in all different services that they're going to be offering. Uh, and right now they're looking into the title and mortgage and they expect to bring that on pretty soon. So, well, and, and he made the point that he's not looking to, to expand nationwide. So it's sort of a local strategy. Tell, tell me about that. I think that it's not necessarily a local strategy. I think he's being very particular about the markets that he goes into and the, and finding the right fit. Uh, one of the things that he really talked about is the silver tsunami, and that's the age of the brokerage. There are a lot of brokerage um, brokerage owners looking for succession plans. Um, you know, they they were thinking about retiring way back, um, right before the Great Recession. That hit, and 
they had to stay on to rebuild their companies, basically. Um, the market's been good for a while, and a lot of them are starting to look into succession planning. And so Karen is really looking for those brokers who are looking for an opportunity to, to move on um, and at the same time grow the brokerage company that they already have and provide more services than they maybe have. So he's not necessarily looking local. He's he's looking at any companies that fit um, and, and are looking for that succession plan. You know, that silver tsunami is not just in, you know, that's that's across the housing ecosystem. And you can understand why this is such a great time to, you know, they're looking to be acquired because they just came off of two amazing years facing a year with a lot less volume, facing some headwinds coming in. So it's like, go out on top, right? And and maybe they just don't have the stomach or or they, they just want to enjoy some of those spoils from the last two years and not head back into maybe a more difficult market. Yeah, definitely. And, and I'm really excited um, about this because what that also means is we're going to get a lot of kind of emerging younger leaders into the real estate brokerage. And I feel like that's going to change the industry. Um, and, and I'm not exactly sure what will be different, except for these brokers will be maybe a little more innovative, open to trying new ideas, open to building new business models. And, and so I think it'll be really interesting. It's definitely going to take several years before all of this happens, but consolidation is is happening and it, it's a really interesting market right now. You know, interesting uh, that we we have a gathering of eagles coming up, which for people who are not familiar, that is um, an event that you guys have been running at Real Trends for a couple decades. And one of one of the hallmarks of that is the deal makers, which is sort of the the place to be if you're looking to acquire or be acquired. Tell us a little bit about um, gathering of eagles overall, and then and then deal makers in specific. Sure. So the gathering of eagles um, is. There, there are two events. So Dealmakers is the first day and then Gathering of Eagles starts on the next day. So Dealmakers is June 26th. Gathering of Eagles starts June 27th. Um, Dealmakers is a one-day event on everything to do with brokerage valuation, building a profitable company, and mergers and acquisitions. It's, it's actually not just for people looking to be acquired or looking to buy. It's for brokerages who want to learn about the art of the deal. Um, they want to learn about how to build a more profitable company so that when they are ready to sell, um, they, they've built that value up to make it worth. And, and they also, a lot of, um, a lot of brokers are just interested in that subject in general, um, learning, learning the valuation. What are companies selling for? So to take that opportunity, they might be someone who really wasn't going to, going to sell and they find out that, that, these brokerages are are paying a lot or these private equity companies are paying a lot and they might decide to sell and and start something new. So that is deal makers. That's a one day. Um, and then the Gathering of Eagles, it's a 30 year event and it's really been it started invite only. It's very specific to real estate leaders. So brokerage leaders, um, team leaders and, um, you know, association, realtor association leaders those in the industry who are looking for higher level content, they're looking for ways to improve their business. They're looking for um, to learn from their peers what they're doing innovatively to recruit and retain agents. 
we're talking to, we have a, a Game Changers panel. So our Game Changers are the highest growth companies, independent and franchises, over the last five years in transaction side percentage. And we have, I think, 17 companies, and we have a panel that we're going to be featuring Josh Harley of Fathom Realty and Daniel De La Vega of One Sotheby's in, in Florida. Um, and then we'll have one other game changer, but they, they've grown their companies over 200% in those years. And we're going to talk very specific about their strategies. Most people assume that it's all mergers or acquisitions, but it's not. It's really, um, there's a lot of organic growth there and things that they've done to increase agent productivity. Um, and so, so it'll, it's really interesting to find out the different ways to grow and specifically how they're growing. I think the thing about real trends is you have so much data, you have decades of data on brokerages and you've been tracking, you know, you, you do your rankings on, on a whole bunch of different, uh, you know, productive agents, uh, brokerages, you, you look at a lot of different things. And so I feel like there is so much brain power there and so much, you know, industry knowledge that you're bringing to an event that then people can, you know, benefit from. Yeah, definitely. It, this isn't a pay for play event. This is, you know, we're taking people that we know have been successful um, based on based on our rankings or based on on, you know, research that we've done and sharing their stories. Um, we have, you know, this year we're really focusing a lot on team leaders. And I think that team leaders would really get a lot out of this because they run many brokerages. And we're featuring um, several team leaders as speakers, including Kendall Bonner and um, Deva Davin, um, who will talk about recruiting and attracting talent. And so there, you know, we basically touch on all of the major uh, functions of a brokerage and improving their business from core service capture rates to retaining and attracting top talent to learning about some of the new business models, um, just to, so that you know and understand your competition. And, you know, the changing valuation environment, we'll be talking about that in our dealmakers conference because it is changing. And it's interesting to know who's buying real estate brokerages today because it's a lot different than what it was 10 years ago. One, I feel like if you look on the pages of realtrends.com right now, you see just I mean, it's, it's reflective of, of what is happening. So you have five steps to mastering a real estate merger, you know, which I thought was really great. That one uh, talked about Coldwell Banker, correct? Um, and how they've, I mean, Coldwell Banker Premier finalized the acquisition of three companies in three markets in less than two months. Yes. And that to me is really just indicative of what we're seeing across the country in different places. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and on our um, real trending podcast, we've got a couple of really interesting guests coming up. Um, one of them is Smokey Garrett, and he is also speaking at the Gathering of Eagles. But we've done some research, and he is the operating partner of Keller Williams, the Go Network. He, um, we looked at the growth of seven hundred and thirty-one brokerage companies over ten years. His brokerage ranked number one by sales volume, number one by agent growth, and number one by transaction sides. And so you can look, okay, he's done some mergers and acquisitions. However, he was also number 12 in growth and agent productivity. So the mergers don't explain that. 
So we'll be featuring him on a podcast, but he'll be going into more detail at the Gathering of Eagles of some of the things that led to his success. And another interesting podcast that's coming up is Rob Hahn, the notorious ROB. He's an industry expert. And we're going to really get into why Zillow is so nonchalant about CoStar as competition. We're going to get into some of those really interesting industry discussions. And I think that'll, he has some ideas on the brokerage of the future and some niche brokerage opportunities. So that'll be a really interesting one too, coming up in the next couple of weeks. That is fascinating. And again, um, I love it that you guys have the insight to know what's really happening and feature those people. Um, you know, you, you mentioned agent productivity, you mentioned Zillow, those are topics that you guys cover a lot. Um, one of the recent um, stories that we have on on Housing Wire and Real Trends is Zillow testing major changes to premier agent program. And I think that that's something that, you know, anytime Zillow changes this, this is a, a pretty big deal. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So basically, they're testing um, in Raleigh, North Carolina and Denver. So Basically, they're they're um, looking at moving to a post-pay or a success fee payment structure in those areas. So instead of agents paying Zillow a monthly fee for their premier agent lead generation, they'll be charged a, a percentage of their commission um, on successfully completed transactions. And I think right now what Zillow's doing is looking... Um, you know, after their iBuying program ended, they're looking at some new innovative ways to provide leads because... What I'm seeing out there is a lot of teams and brokerages are building their own lead generation. Um, they're looking at different ways to agents are are really working their sphere of influence and looking for leads that way. So with this, I think they're they're trying to capture that type of um, business and make it less expensive, I guess, in general for agents. To, to choose their premier agent as a lead generation tool. And there are a lot of um, agents who are really successful with that, their premier agent program. Um, so it'll be interesting changing that payment structure, how that, how that works. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in this environment where there are, I, I feel like getting to the buyer first is just so huge not just among real estate agents, but, you know, as we see mortgage companies getting into real estate title companies, I mean, we started off talking about, you know, how, how brokerages are expanding into mortgage, but everyone's expanding everywhere and you have, you know, very low inventory. And so even though you, you, we have huge demand, there just aren't that many houses out there. So, you know, inevitably you're going to have agents doing a lot of work where they miss out on a house, right? Not because they're not great, but because if you have 20 offers on a house, that's that you know, there's 19 people who didn't get it. There's a lot of work that's not being compensated. So the leads are just have to be super, super, you know, important right now, even more than before. Yeah. Um, you also have, you know, on real trends, you have, um, from Donna Stott, she's a coach and it's like, how do I, do I need to pay for real estate leads? Right. You know, just even going into that whole idea. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, her her whole theory is really working your sphere that you want to work the people in your database and you want to build a database of people who um, are your VIPs, your trusted. And, and she believes um, that you need only 200 people in your database that you work consistently to, to build your business and those leads would be free 
um, because there are people who have already worked with you or who are who know you, who you've built a relationship with. There's also, you know, I, I recently spoke with um, Greg Robertson. He's the CEO of Drop Offer, and they have an interesting product that they're in beta right now. And they're really basically saying every house is a, is potentially for sale. So what they're doing is they're offering a way to partner with agents who can who can talk to their buyers and their buyers say, well, I, I really like this house or I want a house like this one. And they can do a direct outreach to the owner of that house and um, submit an offer. And and they're really capitalizing on the fact that every house is for sale and not everyone completely loves their house. And if they get a good enough offer, they might think, you know, now's a good time to move. So there's a lot of new products coming out looking for inventory and, um, you know, a lot of a lot of back to basics as well, going back to your database, trying to get listings in that. So if something isn't listed yet, so so you're talking about this last one, like he's every house is for sale. So how do I as a homebuyer find a great house? Like what is the the So I mean most people, if you're you know, you'd see this house that you drive by every day and think, oh, I want to live there. That's the house I want. Gotcha. Um, but it's never for sale. So they have a database of of homes. And, um, I'm not, I'm not sure if they're partnering with MLSs or, or what they're, if they built their database, but they have a database of homes. People can actually go into and search like that home that they've always wanted. And, and agents can help them find similar homes if that one doesn't work out. So it's, it's basically all the homes on the market today or not even on the market, just all the homes. And you can pick and say, I've always really wanted to live in this house or I've wanted to live in this neighborhood and possibly get a sale before um, it's listed. But they are partnering with agents. They're not trying to disrupt the agent. Interesting. Sounds like they're trying to disrupt the MLS though. (laughs) Maybe a little bit. (laughs) Like, huh, that's interesting. Fascinating model. If that works, it'd be interesting to see how much, um, you know, how, how often that hits, right? So you could do a lot of work that, you know, those people aren't, aren't interested, but also, I mean, you're, you're getting to it faster than anyone else. It, It will be interesting to see. I think, you know, one of the things that strikes me as I look at all of our coverage on both the mortgage and the real estate side is that, what people have done up to this point to get here is not what's going to be in some ways process wise, what gets them to the next level. Maybe their culture will, maybe they're, you know, we're coming into a really different kind of market where I feel like, you know, people have always been, you know, driving hard and going for it, but they have to look at maybe some innovative ways. This is not the same market we've had for the last two years. No, not only the market, but in the brokerage industry, they've never had so much competition before. There are so many options for agents um, and for and for home buyers and sellers, whether it's the discount brokerages who are offering a discounted commission um, or d- discounted rate to to home buyers and sellers, to the low fee brokerages who are who are um, touting themselves as a cheaper alternative to a traditional business model. Um, you've got the salaried agent models like Redfin, so you've got a lot of choices for agents and. It's not always about the money for agents when they choose a brokerage to affiliate with. A lot of times it is about the culture. It's about the services that they offer. It's about um, the relationships they have with the people at that brokerage. So 
So it's a, it's a more competitive landscape for sure. It is a more competitive landscape. And the thing that really fascinates me about the last thing that you said is how they could reach out to anyone. Because if you feel, if you think about your typical home buyer, we, we know about all the innovations, we know about all the things that are going, but your typical home buyer is still going on maybe Zillow and looking up homes. I mean, that's what, that's what they're doing first. And so even though there's a lot of other things out there, you know, agents have to, and brokerages have to be almost everywhere at once, it feels like. They have to be doing the traditional things, but also looking for the non-traditional things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and definitely um, keeping themselves out in the community. And, um, def- you know, with not just being there as a business, but being really involved in the community and in community service and in the different, um, you know, the chamber and, and things like that in the, in the business community and in the um, charitable side of things. I think one of the things that people don't realize is, is how the scope of a real estate agent's work. If you're like, Oh, they sold this house and you know, they made all this money on this one deal. It's like, but you know, it's like when you, when you hire someone to come in and, and fix something and it takes them 10 minutes and you're like, why do I have to pay so much? Well, it, you didn't pay for the 10 minutes. You paid for the expertise to get to the 10 minutes, right? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I, one of the things about, you know, do I need to pay for real estate leads? And, and when we talked about that and how you could, you could mine your own customer base already is that that, that speaks to how you better have a really great CRM. I mean, if you're, if you're not set up, if you're, if you've just been like mining, you know, oh, I'm going to go out there and find people and haven't really thought about how you use your own network, that is its own thing as well. So maybe you don't need to pay for real estate leads, but maybe you need to pay for a, a different kind of system to manage the people who are already in there. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and you need to build it. Um, and a lot of new agents struggle with this, you know, especially if they're new to the community. But um, one of the one of, you know, several coaches basically recommend that you just sit down and you start writing names out of people, you know, people you, you know, businesses that you go to, um, and, and building starting your database like that, um, and then adding the contact information and then continually adding to your database. Um, but it, it's no longer a Rolodex. You have to have somewhere to put it all and you have to have um, somewhere that allows you to to pinpoint who might be ready, have the data to pinpoint who might be ready to sell, who might be ready, um, you know, life changes that they find on social media, things like that. So you have to constantly be searching and in mining your database for the people who, who might be willing to transact. You've written so much um, and, and talked to so many people about the different models and also about company culture. And to me right now, the company culture, especially in how brokerages are growing those young agents, you know, you talked about the silver tsunami and we want to get these young leaders, but I can see how in the next couple of years, if, if we don't, you know, if there isn't a lot of money, time, effort spent into developing those areas, they're not going to be there because they're going to be out of the industry. There's so much turnover here. And so if you got in and, in in, you know, and when it was the roaring, you know, 2000, uh, 2020, 2021, up until this year, you, you may not have that base. And I feel like we're going to lose a lot of people. I don't know. Um, I think the real estate industry has, has and the, the technology side has been so innovative and you know, you'll always have entrepreneurs who think they have a better way of doing business. And so I think what we're going to see is some really innovative models and hybrid models with what we've already, we already have. Um, but I, I 
don't necessarily like I already see a lot of younger emerging leaders coming up. And in fact, we're we're doing a an awards program for them. We're looking for nominations for emerging leaders. Um, and they can find out information on that on realtrends.com. But uh but yeah, I, I'm very optimistic about the future of real estate brokerage and and some of the the young innovative minds coming in. Do you see uh, different brokerages who are doing a really great job at at doing that recruiting for those or or developing of those leaders? Um, yes, I do. There are several um, companies, and a lot of them are more succession, family succession planning, where the um, you know the daughter or son comes through the ranks. And a great one to look at is um, Berkshire Hathaway um, in Jacksonville, where. Christy Budnick is now the president um, of Berkshire Hathaway, um, their franchise systems. And she came up through um, at the brokerage with her her mother, putting her in a leadership um, role. And now she's into the corporate role. So, you know, she's a perfect example of someone who grew up in the real estate industry and rose up the ranks. And um, her mother, Linda Shear, really believed in her and really set her up for success. So. And we see that in many parts of the real estate transaction, you know, process where, I mean, I think about title, title is so often a family business, real estate, realtors are often a family business. And and some of that is because it's hard to maintain, to come into the business with no contacts and no family. And you, you know, you're hundred percent commission or you're mostly commissioned. Like, how do you make that work over the first couple of years if you're not already tied in somewhere? Yeah, but a lot of these brokers make them start at the bottom. They have to learn every facet of the industry um, before they're willing to put them into any type of leadership. Um, some of them even make them go outside to get that leadership experience and um, either work for another broker or work in a different industry to to kind of work their way up through the ranks. So it's not an automatic, um, but they, you know, there are, that seems to me to be one of the the guiding uh, real estate brokerage principles is is getting their family involved in the brokerage. And maybe that's changing a little bit, but not completely. Yeah, that's, it's so smart to uh, make to outsource that and be like, go get your experience somewhere else. I think that's, you know, if, mm-hmm. if they're going to be running a, a franchise, if they're going to be running a brokerage, they need to they need to have all of that experience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tracy, um, thank you so much for all of this. What are you looking at this week? What's coming up um, for some of the coverage you're looking at? Well, this week I'm really working on our game changers and, um, you know, discovering how they grew. We'll be announcing that at the end of May. So tell tell us what that, what is the game changers? Sure. So the game changers are, um, I talked a little bit about this at the beginning, but they're the brokerage companies based on our Realtrends 500 rankings for 2022. Um, they're the companies that grew the most, um, by transaction side percentage in the last five years. And we take the top franchises from each of the franchises and then the independents, um, and, you know, we have some companies growing at over 2000%. We have some companies growing at, you know, 80%. But they're all really doing some interesting things to grow other than the, the M&A. So we'll talk to them. Um, this week, I'm really working on talking to them about how they're, you know, how they've grown and what they're doing to, to keep the growth going. 
Really looking forward to that coverage. I think uh, you know any of our listeners should go to realtrends.com because in this very competitive environment, you're really keeping an eye on who is it that's winning and how how are they doing it and digging into that in in the different looking at the data that you have and the different rankings that you have and then finding out what is their secret sauce. That's really what you guys do. Yeah, and there's a lot of crossover with the mortgage and title industries, and in, in that this is just basic growth of a company that they can learn from the the brokerage companies and in, in helping them grow their businesses as well. It is interconnected. Well, as always, we love having you on. Thanks so much, Tracy. Yeah, thanks for having me. How have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW Plus membership, you get access to longer-form digital content, the HousingWire magazine, member-exclusive rates to in-person events like HousingWire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.